0: Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, open them to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John. Tonight we're going to resume our study of the good news of Jesus. Today is day three with 97 more days to go, if you can imagine that. Uh, we're just barely getting started. I'm excited about that. I was uh, talking to somebody there, talking about a church in East Texas that actually watched Uh, our Saturday evening service, and they they watched it as a group and they said they were going to take up an offering to pay my dry cleaning for all the sweating that I do. (laughs) Uh, I'm excited about this time. I'm excited about 97 more days. Uh, Let me just tell you, all day long today, it has stuck with me what good news we have. All day long, it's been swirling around in my head, the unimaginable goodness of the good news that we have. And in the midst of all the trouble today, all the anger, all the division, all the sin, all the wickedness, all of the bad news today, we as followers of Christ have good news. And I want to just tell you, I'm ready for it. I love it. Two days in, I'm already blown away by what we've already seen in our study. Now, let me let you in on a truth and before we begin. Uh, let me let you in on this. And here's, here's the deal. Here's the truth. Your focus. Listen, I'm talking to each of us. Your focus, your attitude, your perspective, really your life will be, it will consist of what you put into it. And that is the truth. Uh, the reality is this. If you intake... All of the negative and all of the bad and all of the hopeless, you will begin to take on that shape. I can watch the news and I don't try, I try not to do it very much. I can watch the news five minutes and I want to go outside and kick the dog. (laughs) You become your perspective. You take on the shape of the things that you take in. Well, praise the Lord for a hundred days. We have the opportunity for God himself, through his word, to put into us the good news that he has for us. What a tremendous thing that is. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm glad for that. Well, what a great thing it is that in the next few moments, uh, we're going to have God's good news poured into us. And that's what this hour is about, God's good news poured into us. Tonight our message is entitled, A Beacon of Light. A Beacon of Light. Tonight we're moving right along. John chapter 1, verses 6, 7, and 8. John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. A beacon of light. I'm going to ask if you, if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. A beacon of light. Beginning here in verse 6, it says this. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. Verse 8, he was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. We are rejoicing tonight. We're rejoicing in a risen, resurrected Savior. We're rejoicing in a hope that endures, an anchor that holds. We're rejoicing in good news. We're rejoicing in 100 nights of good news and good news that endures past that. Lord, I pray that you would lead us tonight, that you would encourage us tonight, that you would speak to us tonight. I pray for those that are gonna listen in all these other means. I pray, Lord, that you bless them as well. And I pray for somebody if not many, that do not have the good news of Jesus, that tonight, in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, tonight might be the night of their salvation. Lord, move like that. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, remember, tonight, as we pick back up, we are looking at the Apostle John's account of the good news. And that's what this is. It's called uh, the gospel according to John. And remember, he is writing that we would be sure of, that we would be confident confident in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, remember, there's a reason for that. Uh, as time has passed, the good news is being distorted. In fact, as time has passed, the truth of Jesus is being distorted. As we saw yesterday, the truth matters. It absolutely matters. And so John, the Apostle John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is setting the record straight. Now, there's two things to take away just from that. Now, I want to I bring our attention there before we begin. There's two things to take away from just that. Now, the first is this. Be clear. If he is defending the good news, and if he is declaring the good news, then there is good news. And that's the first thing. If he's defending it, if he's declaring it, there is good news. Let me tell you something tonight. We need not get so bogged down in all of the crazy stuff of the world. And it, it seems like every day there's something new, all of this crazy stuff As a follower of Jesus Christ, we need not get so bogged down in the crazy things of this world that we lose our perspective. There is good news. Where you sit tonight, there is good news. There is good news. When we leave here tonight, whatever happens, there is good news. And the second thing we learn already from this is this. And the good news is Jesus the good news is Jesus. You see, some other news might change. Some other situation might turn, but our good news is Jesus Christ. In the first five verses, we see the good news is Jesus. I thought about this. I went home yesterday and I thought, I want to preach those five verses again. I thought about it. I want to preach those five verses again. We may be here 113 days. I don't know. But the good news is Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Five verses. Here's what we saw: Jesus is the message, the word. Jesus is eternal, without a start. Jesus is co-equal with the Father, not less than. Jesus is the creator, all things through him. Nothing exists that doesn't exist, that exists that didn't come through him. Jesus is the life, and the life is the lie of men. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the victor. He is not defeated, not in darkness. He is the victor. And so we see in the first five verses, it is all about Jesus. The good news is Jesus. Well, with that said, with that clear, John now moves into today's account. Now, it is an abrupt Switch. It's an abrupt turnabout. When we go to these verses, they sound nothing like the verses ahead of them. Uh, But God has a message for us in these verses tonight. So let's go to our verses tonight. John chapter 1, verse 6. Here we go, verse by verse. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. Simple enough, here it is. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. There came a man, it translates, there appeared a man. So the verse says, there came a man sent from God, whose name was John. Now, be sure and understand, let me make this clear. This is not speaking of the author of this gospel. It is not speaking of the apostle John. In fact, he never names himself in his gospel. No, no. This is talking about the cousin of Jesus who was known as John the Baptizer or John the Baptist. And so there is this man sent from God and it is John, not the apostle, but John the Baptist. Now I want you to see something about him very soon where Jesus is eternal. That's what we saw in the preceding verses. Where Jesus is eternal, he always was But now here, John the Baptist, he suddenly appears and he is. And so where Jesus always was, now we see John the Baptist is. Now what that means is he's not eternal. He's not like Jesus. This is a different account. It's not talking about Jesus. John the Baptist is not eternal. He appears. He has a start. The Bible continues, he is sent from God. He is sent from God. Now, stay with me, this is pretty awesome. All the way back, some 750 years before this. Now, imagine that. 750 years before this, the prophet Isaiah, when foretelling about the coming of the Messiah, and that's what he's doing, he's announcing the coming of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed Savior from God, he said from God, that there would be one that would precede the Messiah. He says, this one will cry out to clear the way for the Lord. He would come to make smooth a highway for the Lord. That's in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. Then, some 300 years after that, 450 years before this event, the prophet Malachi, speaking for the Lord, says, Behold... I'm going to send my messenger and he will clear the way before me. In Malachi chapter four, verses five and six, the same book, the same prophet. He says, I will send a prophet. Listen, I will send a prophet like Elijah and he will announce to the people, he will prepare the way for the people for the coming of the Lord. Very simply, God hundreds of years before the earthly life and ministry of Jesus, said that there would be a forerunner, one who would go ahead and prepare the way for Jesus. Now, do you see that? 750 years, 450 years before the life and the events of Christ, Jesus, God said, I will send someone, I will send a forerunner to prepare the way for Jesus. Listen. Listen. John is that forerunner. John is that person. Listen to this. And just like the Old Testament prophets came and announced the word of God. John the Baptist comes and he announces. Remember from yesterday? The word of God. Do you see how awesome that is? Do you see how tremendous that is? The first prophet in 400 years speaks and he announces, he heralds the word of God, Jesus. All those Old Testament prophets, they were announcing the word of God. Here is the first prophet in 400 years. And what does he do? He heralds the word of God. In the beginning was the word. Wow, how awesome that is. I'm just going to tell you, I'm sorry that that, that's too much. That's too awesome. That's too crazy. All right, let's keep keep going. Verse 7. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that we all might believe through him. Man, it's crazy. Verse 4 is an awesome verse. These are all awesome. Now, verse 7. Verse 7 is an awesome verse. Let me read that again. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He came as a witness. The Greek word for witness here is one that testifies, one that bears evidence or gives evidence. And so it says, he came as a witness. Now, If you want to sum up the mission or the ministry of John the Baptist, it's this. He came as a witness. Why did he come? He came as a witness. What was his purpose? He came as a witness. Now, I was thinking about this this afternoon. We call him John the Baptist. Somebody started that. I don't know who it was. Um, And he did do that. He had a baptism of repentance. He did do that. But really, that was a part of this witness. And so maybe a better name would be John the Witness instead of John the Baptist. Maybe we should call him John the Witness. The Bible says he came as a witness to testify about the light. To testify about the light. Now, to testify, it's very closely related to witness. In fact, it has the same root word. And it means what a witness does. Testify. What does a witness do? He testifies. He bears witness or he presents evidence. So the Bible goes on and says, He came as a witness to testify about the light. Hear that again. He came as a witness to testify, to bear evidence, to, to be a witness to. He came as a witness to testify about the light. I'm going to stop right here for just a second because I'm still blown away by this and I can't get over it. I said I wanted to preach on those verses again while I'm going to for just a second. Jesus is the light. Listen, that's God's revelation of Jesus. Jesus is revealed in God's wise wording as the light. Now I want you to remember verse 4. In Jesus was life. In Him was life. It is talking about spiritual life. He is the life. He gives spiritual life. And the life, spiritual life, here's what the Bible says is the light of men. Now, I couldn't help myself. I want to go back over that. What does light do? Light pushes out darkness. What does light do? Light defeats darkness. It always does. You can go to the darkest place and break out the smallest light. Guess who wins? The light. That's what light does. And so describing Jesus, now listen, this is big. Describing Jesus, he is life. And as he is received by men, he is the light. And he defeats darkness, he defeats sin. Jesus is the light, and therefore he is the remedy for sin. Folks, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. You want to read the gospel in one verse? Verse 4, he is the life, the spiritual life, and you receive the spiritual life. He is the light that is the remedy for sin. I'm sorry I'm so excited about that, but I'm going to read it again. I want you to hear that. In him was life. Ooh, listen to this good news. And the life was the light of men. That's crazy, huh? Let me show you this. It gets better. I remember this today. In Isaiah chapter nine, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you. 750 years before this event, This chapter, Isaiah chapter 9, is talking about, prophesying about the coming of the Messiah. Now, if you know Isaiah chapter 9, it fills up our Christmas cards. Uh, Unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah says, however dark it seems, take hope a Messiah, the Christ is coming. Now, I want to read this to you. That same chapter, I'm going to start the chapter off. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Listen very carefully. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, about 750 years But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Listen, the people who walk in darkness will see a great Light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. Listen, the light is Jesus. Isaiah said, as dark as it seems across the sea from Galilee, the light will shine. He is Jesus, our Messiah. The light is Jesus. Let me tell you something. I wrote that down on my desk. And if I get done early, I'm coming back and preaching on that verse one more time. How awesome is that? Jesus is the light. John comes to prepare the way for the light. Why does he do that? Why would he do that? That's going to be a very costly mission. In fact, it's going to end up costing him his life. Why would he do that? The verse goes on and it says, so that all might believe through him, through his witness. Why would he do that? What's his purpose in doing that? What's what's he thinking about in doing that? So that all might believe through him. Might believe in, in the original language, it means come to believe. Understand this, to get others to believe is the mission of the Apostle John. He tells us that in the 20th chapter. Why does he write this book? That many would believe, and in believing they would have eternal life. Now we find it's also the mission of John the Baptist. Why does he come? To prepare the way for the light that all would believe. That many people would believe is the mission here. Now to believe translates to trust or to have faith in. Now the truth of the good news is this. We are saved by belief in the grace of God, not by works, we might boast, not by some other means, not by religious practice, not by doing a bunch of good things, not by church attendance, but the good news is we are saved by belief. Now get this, when we believe he is the life, then we receive him as the life. And when we receive him as the light, what happens? Our sins are remedied, driven away like darkness. No matter how great our sin is, no matter how terrible our sin is, he is the savior for our sin. And in that we are saved. Listen, there's good news today. Listen, whatever your sin is, whatever my sin is, however grievous it is, no matter what it is, Jesus is the Savior. In Him we have life. When we believe on Him as the life, we receive Him as the life, and we have the forgiveness, the remedy for sin. Now, there's one more thing here, and I couldn't pass it up. And so I'm going to point it out too as well. Notice this. In verse 7, he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. I couldn't pass this up. It actually says all. Now, we talked about this word I think the last two times. All is the Greek word Pos, that's the root word, pos. Here's what I love about John. John is the gospel of pos. Pos means all. It means the whole. It means none left out. Remember it said all things, pos, all things are created through him. Nothing exists that wasn't created by him. All pos things are created by him. Now it uses that same word, all that all pass might believe. Here, here, here's what I want to tell you: Be very sure, the good news of Jesus Christ is for all people. Do you know that? The good news of Jesus Christ is for all people. You don't have to worry about. I might tell the good news to the wrong person and they might hear the news they weren't supposed to hear. Here's what the Bible says. The good news is for all people. Jesus died for all people. That's the gospel that we believe. His grace is offered to all people. It's the word, pos. All people have the forgiveness of sin through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now that's good news. So the goal of John's testimony is that all people would believe. All right, verse 8. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. That's kind of a weird verse to put in there. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. In verse 8, we see the apostle John... Always is recentering the message. This is kind of a new thing for me. I, I don't get out much. But do you ever use Google Maps to get lost? <laughs> if I get past Decatur, uh, sometimes to get to Decatur, we got to put on Google Maps. Um, here's how Google Maps works. You're driving... And that map has shifted over because you've been doing this, looking at it and you're, it shifts over and it gets all messed up and you're driving and you're spilling your Coke and your wife is mad. I don't know why they get mad, but they get mad. And you're spilling, you're missing all the exits and they say, well, how's your exit? Well, I thought what this daggum thing said and then, so you're missing the exits and you're spilling your Coke and everybody's having a great time. <laughs> and you know what you got to do? Number one, don't go down there, but here's what you got to do. You got to push a button on the left side that says recenter. It pulls you back up like you didn't mess it up. He is always recentering. And we're not very far into this chapter. He's already recentering. He says, Here is this great man. It is John the Baptist. Jesus says, none greater than him has ever lived. Here is this great man, and he is sent by God. Here is this great man, and he's doing the will of God at a great cost. It's going to cost him his life. Here is this great man, and he is testifying to the light. But do not be mistaken, he is not the light. John takes it back, and he recenters it to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We can't get far from that. It, it's all about Jesus. It's all about the light. When I was studying that, it's pretty weird. There were groups that followed John the Baptist. In fact, a, 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 a little bit later, Paul runs into a group that are disciples of John the Baptist. Guess what that's in? That's in this town of Ephesus. He runs into a group. They hadn't heard about Christ. They're still following the the teaching of John the Baptist that they should repent. There are other groups that come out of that. 200 years later, there are groups that are disciples of John the Baptist. Did you know there is still a a weird cult group that claims to be the the teaching descendants and the lineage of John the Baptist? Here's what we learn from that. Be very sure It's never about the messenger. It's always about the message. Let me tell you something. Thank God for faithful messengers. But it's never about the messenger. It is always about the message. And here's what we learned the first night. And the message is Jesus. I'm going to end like this tonight. What do we see in these three verses tonight? Here's what we see. The world needs witnesses. The world needs testifiers. The world needs, and this is what we see, and we see it then, we see it today as well. The, the world needs people, and whether they are young or old, whether they are teachers or salesmen, whether they are farmers, whether they're retired or they're students, the world needs people to point to the light, Jesus Christ. The world needs people, testifiers that'll tell of the light, the hope we have in Jesus. We have good news, yes, but we have to spread and progress. Proclaim and tell that good news. world needs testifiers. The world needs witnesses. I'm in high school. Listen, the world needs witnesses, especially in the high school. I'm retired. I'm past all that. Listen, the world needs witnesses, especially where God has placed you. Saddest thing, I said this a couple weeks ago. Saddest thing is to have good news and not have heard about it. Can you imagine that? And you've struggled through life and you've crashed in and your sins cost you a bunch and you've suffered the consequences for sin and you you look for hope and I think I'll find it over here and I might find it in these relationships or I might find it in this source, this, this stack of wealth. How sad to have needed good news. Never heard that there's good news. And how will they believe upon him whom they have not heard? The world needs witnesses. Well, God sent John. Well, let me tell you something. The Great Commission, God sent you and me too. Well, God empowered John. Listen, he's empowered. The Holy Spirit of God, he'll empower us too. The world needs witnesses. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come, and I am so thankful for this good news. I'm so thankful for my Jesus, my Savior that is the good news. Lord, I'm thankful that as we stand here tonight, and we can make a list, we can stay here for two days talking about the bad news in just this town, that we have good news. And our anchor holds, our foundation has not crumbled, has not shifted, has not moved. We have a risen, resurrected Savior. He stands right now as the King of life, victorious offering in great grace salvation by faith. Lord, we praise you for that good news. I pray that we be agents of that good news. I pray that some here listening tonight, they might receive that good news. Lord, I'm so thankful that for sinners such as myself, you loved us. You're compassionate. You're kind. And in the person of your very own son, you sent good news. Lord, I praise you for that. Lord, I pray now at this time of response, this time of invitation, that you would move. I pray that you would work. I pray that upon the hearing of good news, the gospel, you tell us it's the power of God and the salvation. I pray that tonight there would be some that would turn to you and trust you and find hope in good news. We, We thank you for that. I pray that you'd move. We give you this time, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to close this time together tonight by telling you very clearly what the good news is. Here's the good news. The good news is each of us, we're sinners. And you might hide it better than some other folks, but you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And that sin has broken our relationship with the Holy God. It's earned us a punishment death. The Bible says a second death in the book of Revelation. We'll be separated from God for all eternity. And you know what? I, I think we know that. I think we might like to deny that. We might like to act like that's an ignorant superstition. But I think the heart of man's built for eternity. We know we're separated from a holy God, and so we we go to the next thing. We go to the next thing, and we think there's going to be hope there. And the truth is this: there's only hope in Jesus. But we do have that hope, and Jesus comes. He lives a life. He never sins, not one time. Because he never sins, he can go in my place and in your place. He goes to the cross of Calvary, and he takes the wrath of God poured out on him, the settlement, the price of redemption is our Savior, Jesus, and his blood that's poured out. He dies on the cross of Calvary, an actual, physical, historical death. It's not some, some superstition, not some facade. He dies, my death, your death. They take him off of that cross, they pull him off of it. They take him and they put him in a borrowed grave, a rich man's grave. They roll a stone in front of him, he is dead, he's stone cold, actually dead. The price is paid. And then three days later, listen, the greatest miracle of all times, our Lord, our King, our Savior, he steps out of that grave. He is alive, and he stands as the risen Lamb of God. Praise the Lord. The Bible says if you'll trust in him, amen. The Bible says if you'll trust in him, believe in him is what John says. Not because you don't have a pass, but because you do. Not because you... Did some things and earned salvation, but, but because you can't, if you'll believe in him, the Bible says this, upon the authority of God, you shall be saved. And that is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen tonight. If you've never trusted him, turn to him tonight. Don't wait another night. If you're listening to some other means, if you've never trusted Jesus, trust him tonight. And you shall be saved. We're going to stand and we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. If you're here tonight and God has spoken to you, if you have a decision to make, you step out. You come on, I'll meet you here. If you wanna pray at the altar, you come on and I'll meet you here. As we stand and sing, you step out, you come on.